This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, one 800 259 You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And you can enjoy the features there on the site completely free. So head on over, freetalklive.com. And by the way, the main feature of our website allows you to create the content, control the content there. You find something online that you think is pretty interesting, you submit it to our site. And then other listeners like you can go and vote on what you like and what you don't. And the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com, which means we're more likely to see it. And talk about it on the air, and other listeners are more likely to see it and discuss and enjoy. Freetalklive.com. Coming up here, Mark, we're going to have a special guest. That's the expectation, at least, here in the studio. Uh, So we'll see if that pans out. But to start, we'll go to Florida, where 10newswtsp.com is reporting. Joel Chandler, who paid a dollar toll on the Polk Parkway with a $100 bill, was told that he was not allowed to leave. Unless he provides personal information to the toll taker. The toll taker tells Chandler that this is what happens when they get large bills. She says this is what they have to do. Chandler uh, says to the toll taker, so I'm being detained? And she says, yes, sir. It's a policy the Florida Turnpike Authority instituted for people who paid, get this, with $20, $50, and $100 bills. It's crazy. After it happened once to Chandler, he kept testing the system and even taped his encounters as he went through the toll booths. So good for him, by the way. I think that's really important. We talk a lot on this program about He's how... He's a free talk live listener. Is he? He's got to be, right? He's taping I don't know. them. If this did happen in Tampa. He could be. He could be. We're on in Tampa tonight. Uh, so anyway, Mr. Chandler uh, got it in his head that he was going to start videotaping this. And, and this is great. I love that people are arming up with video cameras and revealing these bureaucrats for what they do to people because otherwise they can just deny it they can just claim oh what are you talking about we didn't do that but he's saying that they told him it was policy that if you pay with a 20 dollar bill at a toll booth that you are asked for identification i mean doesn't that seem ludicrous i I thought it was currency good for all bets foreign and domestic or whatever it says there i mean it doesn't make any sense what do you need what do you need id for i mean can't they just get those markers like they have at the supermarket to see whether it's real or not if it's real you give the guy change is that what it's about or maybe they think that uh, people who have 20 dollar bills are drug dealers i mean what is this all about i don't know uh well anyway one time a toll taker told him that she wouldn't give him his change unless he gave her the information Chandler replied, so I'm being detained? He asked why he was being detained, but never got an answer. The toll booth woman cannot detain you. (laughs) Well, they can if they have your change. I suppose. Chandler says this is a serious criminal offense to detain (laughs) someone. They're silly shirts that they give those folks to collect tolls in. Uh, He says that uh, it is a serious criminal offense to detain someone without proper legal authority, and he says that's exactly what the department is doing. When Chandler called and emailed the Florida Department of Transportation to complain about the policy, he was told that there was no policy to detain people who give large bills. He says that made him even more concerned because that meant there were individual rogue toll takers detaining people. (laughs) The practice continued at toll booth after toll booth, and if someone requested, or excuse me, rather refused to provide the information, they were threatened with arrest. One toll taker told Chandler's brother, Robert, I could call the Florida Highway Patrol. Would you like me to do that, sir? 
Robert Chandler asked why she would call the Florida Highway Patrol when he was being illegally detained, and then the toll taker, he said, could come up with another form. Uh, that said he could come up with another form of tender. Chandler continued to complain, and on July 21st at 7:19, he received an email from the Assistant General Counsel of the Florida Department of Transportation, saying essentially the department didn't know what he was talking about, and they don't have sufficient information with which to investigate. However. Earlier in that same day, there were a flurry of emails going back and forth in the department saying to shut the program down, to temporarily suspend it, and who should call Chandler, and what it is that they should say. According to him, not only was the Department of Transportation not being truthful about the policy existing, but he says also that they made a concerted effort to cover it up. So this guy caught these people red-handed. I mean, he went through this uh, toll booth, was told he needed to give identification because he gave them a $100 bill in order to get change, started to do this over and over again, videotaped all of these encounters to, uh, to document this, where these people are, are demanding ID for someone that gives them a $20 bill. He follows up, calls the Department of Transportation, and they say, well, we don't know what you're talking about. There's no policy like that. And apparently somebody checked into their emails and found out that they were sending emails back and forth talking about covering this policy up and, you know, making it go away and stopping enforcing it for now. And just kind of, shh, let's sweep it under the rug until this guy goes away. What was the basically. purpose of the policy in the first place? Why why would they want to detain and and uh, get name and address of somebody paying with a $100, a $20 bill or something like that? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, they're not even commenting on it. So <laughs> they're denying to it. the public. They're saying that this this didn't exist. Uh, we can get back into this, but our, our special guest here uh, has arrived in our studio, and he is someone who is, uh, well, not from around these parts. Uh, we're doing this show from New Hampshire. He's come all the way here from New Mexico, and his name is Gary Johnson. Uh, Gary, good evening. You're, you're on Free Talk Live. Ian, it's great to be on with you. Thank you. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for coming in tonight. What, what is it that brings you to New Hampshire well, I mean, this during is... this time of year? <laughs> Excuse me. It's a. Uh, it's certainly not the most friendly time of year to uh, to be in New Hampshire. Well, so uh, over the last fourteen months, uh, I've started Our America Initiative, which is an advocacy committee. I'm the honorary chairman, which allows me to raise money and speak out on the issues of the day. And so, in the last fourteen months, this is my like my eighth trip to New Hampshire. In the last fourteen months, I've probably addressed uh, five hundred groups. And if you're doing the math and thinking that's not possible, um, yeah, it you're is busy, possible. busy man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, trying to trying to put a voice to what I think is the uh, national outrage over being bankrupt and uh, the solutions that go along with that. Well, what's new? I mean, hasn't the federal government been bankrupt for I don't know longer than I've been alive? They should have been the red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> no, uh, clearly, clearly. But my entire life, uh, I've yeah. watched government take in more money, uh, take in less money than what it spends. Uh, and, and I go back maybe to the, when I was nine years old. I just thought, uh, this, this is not sustainable as a nine-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, it's not hard to figure it out, right? And, uh, you know, about 50 years later, um, I just think the day of reckoning is here. It's now. And I can't believe it has lasted this long. You know, I was looking over, uh, you know, I've got the bio here on the Internet. You can go to OurAmericanInitiative.com and see it just like I am. And uh what the the part the little bullet point I like here is while in office, Governor Johnson vetoed seven hundred and fifty bills, which is about equal to all the combined vetoes of the other forty nine governors in the country at the time, with thousands of line item vetoes. So um, you you 
<laughs> you well, put a stop to a lot of legislation. Well, I put a stop to a lot of legislation. And, and when you think about legislation, when you, when you think about the notion of liberty and freedom and, and how uh, that can be impacted by non-government action, look, somebody gets wronged when it comes to a real estate transaction. So they go to their legislator and, the, and they say, let's write up a piece of legislation so that nothing like this ever happens to anybody again. And the legislature writes up the legislation. Well, you can compound that by a thousand times. So we have yeah. a thousand pieces of legislation that's going to prevent that from ever happening again. Because it's and magic. Legislation magic. Because it's magic. And, <laughs> and of course, what happens is, is, is that those situations still occur her and the fact is is that for all of us that need to undergo uh, need to uh, have real estate transactions they've been so compounded they've been made so difficult uh, mm-hmm. that 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 you you vow I'm never going to do this again because of the government and and what they've done and it, it, but it just carries over to every single aspect of government sure a lot of people say that about business i mean yeah. they look into uh, I, I'm in radio, obviously, and I always loved the idea of having a radio station. And when I looked into getting one through the oh, legal I can channels, imagine. I can it's imagine. impossible. I can imagine. Exactly. A, a, a young kid hurts his head pole vaulting in northern New Mexico. Well, you know, this is this is uh, concerned parents that go to the legislat- legislator and say, look, we need to pass a law that requires helmets for, for kids pole vaulting. Next thing you know, <laughs> on my desk is a... Uh, is, uh, uh, mandatory helmets for pole vault. I You're, vetoed it. I you can stick it. with us for a while, right? You don't right. have to run out the door. No, no, no. no okay, I'm more, here. I'm more here. with Gary Johnson here in a moment. I, I Maybe was you... told I have to. I have to perform. I was we'll t- t- told it's got to be entertaining. We'll so tell you I'm more about him up. in a bit, in case you've never heard of him before. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. He's got quite the interesting history, uh, especially in the war on drugs. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Annual Mobile One, 12 Hours of Sebring, presented by Fresh from Florida, is coming March 19th. See Porsche, Corvette, Ferrari, Jaguar, BMW, Mazda, Acura, Audi, and many other world-class racing teams battle in America's toughest road race as Sebring hosts the first race of the Intercontinental Mazda Cup in 2011. Gates open Wednesday, March 16th. Order your tickets today by calling 800-626-RACE or visit SeberingRaceway.com. See the cars and stars in the American Le Mans Series, driver autograph sessions, vintage race cars, and visit the Party Zone, featuring a Spring Break Bikini Contest. Up and Coming Man, Selby, Jumpman, Alluvion, Selena Jordan, and DJ Scotty B. Presented by GoMobileWeb.com. Four days of family fun at Sebring and children club and under admitted free. Get all the info at SeberingRaceway.com. The 59th Annual Mobile One, 12 Hours of Sebring. Presented by Fresh from Florida. March 19th is the date. Sebring is the place. Order your tickets at SeberingRaceway.com. Brought to you in part by Budweiser, Jaguar, and Michelin. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, and bring up whatever you want, though. If you have a question for Gary Johnson, uh, former governor of New Mexico, he is here sitting in our studio with us tonight, which is very unusual. It's unusual from two aspects. One, that we would have a politician on Free Talk Live yeah, at all. Yeah, it just doesn't happen very often. Uh, <laughs> and two, that one would be actually in the studio with us uh, on top of that. Do we have Ron Paul in the studio at one point? 
I feel never, like we did. No? I don't think we ever had okay. Ron Paul in the studio. Must have just been on the phones then. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Ron Paul is pretty much the only other politician besides John Dennis, I think, that we've had on this we, program. We've had local politicians from New Hampshire at, when we've been at ad events. So when we're you know interviewing in every True. single segment, there have been politicians, uh, local politicians that really don't, you know. So I'm good. thinking that's a good omen. I'm thinking yes. this is a good yeah. omen. This is a good thing. I'll I, tell don't, you. I don't like politicians in general, but I like you, Gary Johnson, because <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe don't, things. Don't, don't, you, we're just starting in, so I don't want you to jump to any You've actually done things for liberty. <laughs> Uh, and I appreciate that. You're somebody who was, you made a name for yourself, at least to me, when you came out against the insanity of the war on drugs. And that was a long time ago that you did well, that, too. You know what I like to point out to people is um, I, I did get to serve. I did get to be governor of New Mexico for eight years. New Mexico's two to one Democrat. So when it comes to all those vetoes, um, y- you guys know no doesn't fly. Um, the no's get debated, they get discussed, uh, and, and that gets done on the front page of the newspaper and on television. And, and the whole defense of it was, you know, look, we don't, we don't need to be growing government. Growing government is not the solution to any of our, uh, problems. As a matter of fact, shrinking government would be the real solution. You know, the notion of a handshake, the notion of, of just common sense is what really prevails in our life from day to day. Mm. Laws that get passed that, that affect that end up costing us a lot of time and a lot of money and really don't make a difference. Yeah, I I have to agree that the regulations make it difficult for people to do business when, in fact, if you have a problem, we have a dispute resolution organization. It's called the courts. Now, I'll admit it's arduous to use them, extraordinarily expensive, but if the politicians spend as much time trying to make the courts functional as they do trying to, uh, to make regulations, then we might actually have functional courts. I mean, I find it difficult to imagine that they, they would be successful at it, but uh, they could work on that. So, by the way, we're going to come back with a few more questions. Uh, and, Gary, I don't know how long you can stick with us here tonight, so that's well, up to I, I you. Was, I was told by Brink here that um, – uh, and Brink is is helping uh, coordinate what I'm doing here yes. slatterly. Slattery mm-hmm. uh, in uh, New Hampshire, and terrific guy. Nice but anyway, guy. anyway, Brink says, as long as man, Gary, you got to be entertaining, and maybe <laughs> they'll keep you on for a while. So the yeah, longer I'm on, I guess the better. I suppose you're right about that. But first, we need to tell you about how to get. Is it gold and silver, Mark? That's right. Okay. Uh, on Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver uh, on a regular basis. You can't listen to talk radio without hearing about gold. That's for sure. Whether it's a, a hedge against inflation or an investment or a barter currency, we've teamed up with Midas Resources in order to bring you some really great rates. I think these are probably the best rates you're going to find from some organization that's selling precious metals on the internet. But please, before you buy anywhere, check at gold.freetalklive.com. We've got uh, coins there that I've picked out that are for the purpose of getting gold and silver into the hands of people, not for collect, not collector coins uh, in order to sort of muddy the waters as to what's worth what. Just go to gold.freetalklive.com. I think you'll get the best deal, and it'll give you an opportunity to price check against other places. Gold.freetalklive.com. So, Gary Johnson, uh, what what was it that brought you to the conclusion on the war on drugs issue? I mean, how did you get to the point of being different from the average Republican on this? I mean, Republicans have kind of historically been, you know, we're going to tell you what to do with your your body. Uh, you don't own yourself, and, and we know what's best for you in this area. How did you break away from that uh, viewpoint? Well, well so, so, Ian, I, I suppose it's multiple fronts, uh, multiple uh, different reasons. Um, I, I'm opposed to the war on drugs A through Z, but I, but I guess I go back with my own history. I, I smoke pot. When? Uh, 
Well, uh, through college. I, I, see. I mean, I, I've smoked pot. That's something that I have done. Me too. And, <laughs> and, yes, he has. <laughs> and as as a result of that, um, I, I can tell you there's a big difference. And, and for, for a lot of those listening, I, I know this is maybe going to end up being redundant, but um, I, I understand that there's a big difference between marijuana and alcohol. And, and the big difference is, is that marijuana is a lot safer than alcohol. When I first, it could kill you if a bale of it fell from the roof on top of you. <laughs> yeah, that's probably about it. You know, um, my contact with marijuana was in. Uh, I was. I was a jock. Um, I mean, I, I was an athlete. You still are, and I still am triathlete. And correct? well, uh, you know, just multiple sports. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm. I'm an active guy. I'm. A, I'm as fit a 58 year old as there. You know, I realize there are a lot of fifth. A lot of fit 58-year-olds, but I'm one of them. You're not but jogging to McDonald's or anything. You're just jogging. <laughs> just just jogging, right. <laughs> but when when I first came in contact with marijuana, wow, uh, here here is, is uh, well, viewed it like so many did, I think, that this was enlightenment. This was, uh, you know, this was a way of being able to say and do things that you wouldn't ordinarily be able to say and do. And, and it really didn't have, uh, it really didn't have the repercussions of alcohol. It was, mm. it was, it didn't have a hangover. I mean, it was really, it was, it was terrific. Now, I, I came to the conclusion in my own life that, uh, that when you smoke it all the time, and, you know, by all the time, I was actually uh, asked to quantify that. And I, I think quantifying it was, you know, a couple times a week. That's that's what I smoked marijuana. But I came to recognize that um, that it isn't something that you should do all the time, that it was a hand, that it's a handicap. Now, this, this is my own life. This mm-hmm. is this is the, the judgment that I came to. And I also came to that judgment when it when it came to alcohol. So I don't I don't drink. I don't smoke pot, but I've done it. And, and so that is a background. So I get a lot. Yeah. And this was not not anything I hid running uh, uh, for governor of New Mexico. But so I, you didn't. That's good to know because I wasn't aware of that. I didn't know if you had like gotten elected and then came out of the closet later on. No, no, no. This was something that I volunteered. I, I mean, it, this was something that I had done in my life. This yeah. was right. Good so, for you so, for not backing away from it. Well, that. I, I always, um, I always kind of, I'll use the word detest, but I, I didn't like the fact that Clinton said, "Look, I, I <laughs> didn't uh, inhale. Inha- you know, I didn't inhale. Well, oh gosh, that's <laughs> I, I inhaled." I yeah. inhaled. Now, did, I didn't did exhale. Did anyone believe that? You had some kind of um, accident or something, and then the marijuana helped you with the pain? Well, this is recently, but if I can just go back oh, to Ian's. For, that's all right. But going back to Ian's for a second, uh, um, I came at this from the standpoint that, first of all, as governor of New Mexico, everything was going to be a cost-benefit analysis. What are we spending our money, and what are we getting our mo- what are we getting for the money that we're spending? So I wanted to crack down on drinking and driving. Um, the notion that you would do harm to others drinking and driving, well, it's a, it's a big problem. It's a big problem in every state, and this goes back to 1999. I wanted to crack down on it. Well, the police, they don't have the resources. The courts, they need more resources. Prisons, they're full, and you're going to have to build more prisons. I mean, that's just going to be a reality. Well, what is it that you all do? And I'm oversimplifying here, but what is it that you all do? Well, it turns out that half of what they do is... Half of law enforcement, half the courts, and half the prisons is drug-related. Mm. And to what end? We're arresting 1.8 million people a year in this country. We now have 2.3 million people behind bars in this country. We have the highest incarceration rate of any country in the world. That's where I came at this from. That's how I started. I looked at the issue. I came to the conclusion that 90% of the drug problem is prohibition-related, not use-related. 
No doubt about it. We're going to come I, back I hear with that more. music coming You hear in. the music. <laughs> That's what it's all about, too, by the way, for the government is the, uh, the money. They, they sure do love that aspect of uh, the funding and the money they get to confiscate and stuff like that. 800-259-9231. More coming up with Gary Johnson. It's free talk. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, West Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. You can visit our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that we have for you there, including listening options. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn about them and tune in. We've got broadband and dial-up streams. Our list of 94 excellent radio stations across the country that carry the show at various times throughout the week. Plus, our webcam, our free-to-air satellite channel, and listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen to the program that way. Of course, it is a live Saturday show. Our number here tonight, 800-259-9231. Get your Liberty message out to thousands of people a month and do it from the back of your car. You can, get, you can reach all those people for fractions of a penny apiece. Go to LibertyStickers.com. They have hundreds and hundreds of different Liberty sayings. You can check them out. Let your voice be heard. It's LibertyStickers.com. If you've got a, a band, a church, a business, and you want just a small run of bumper stickers, I mean, small runs. They can do a dozen, and they can do them extraordinarily cheaply. It's LibertyStickers.com. They've got special technology for it. LibertyStickers.com. All right. So we have uh, Gary Johnson here with us. He is the former governor of New Mexico. When did you leave office? So January 1 of 2003. Oh, gosh, it's been that long. Okay. Well, yeah, um, yeah. anyway, so while you were in there and before that, you've been an advocate of, uh, of ending the uh, the insane war on drugs. That's how you came across uh, my radar screen, and I think that's fantastic. I could talk to you all hour about that issue, I'm sure. Sure, uh, sure. But there are other things, obviously, that, uh, that you're up to these days, and one of them is the Our America Initiative at OurAmericaInitiative.com. That's but, what- Gary, you know, this Our America Initiative, and it's great what you guys are doing over there, but come on. Like, it's a run for president, isn't it? I mean... And, and you know, um, well, it, it's a 501c4 okay. advocacy committee. I'm the honorary chairman, which allows me to raise money and speak out on the issues of the day. I get to be a political activist. But, Mark, as part of that uh, 501c4, I can't be talking about running for political office. Okay, so you're not running for political office that you're running for? Is that what you're saying? I, I can't say anything about that. You know, you know if, if that would have been legislation that would have passed in New Mexico, I think I would have vetoed it. Mm. The, the but, but, it but it is what it is, and, I, and I'm sorry for the, uh, the cop-out on uh, well, answering that question. But one I, I don't want to get sideways with my legal status. One thing's for certain, that there's a, a lot of, uh, of, of Republicans that are not running for president at this point, that are getting a lot of, uh, of press time. And I, personally, of the field, I find you to be the most interesting of them, of the candidates that aren't candidates yet for president <laughs> and uh, one of the reasons is is you've got you've got executive experience so many of them don't and you took a strong stand for 
uh, against the drug war as a Republican and an, an extraordinary strong stance against, uh, you know, just spending and waste. And tell me tell me some of the, the things that you I, it's you vetoed 750 bills. I mean, tell me some of the things ways. How that, many years was that, by the way? 750 beer, bills eight, over eight, eight years, over eight over years. Eight years. That's, a, that's a lot of veto. And how some some of the ways that you managed to make I mean government more efficient. I mean, it's, it's ludicrous to even say it. How did you what did you manage to do? Well, uh, unquestionably, um, the fact that uh, when I took over as governor of New Mexico, there were 12,000 state employees. Uh, when I left office, there were 10,800. Unquestionably, to me, that means more efficient government. Payroll is a huge aspect. Because, well, because I, I think we did more with fewer people. So unquestionably, I think um, that that's better government. Um, I, I privatized half of the state's prisons. Uh and this was an apples to apples comparison where uh, we ended up spending two thirds the cost on the private side as we were on the public side. I thought that that was good government. Uh, we ended up privatizing, uh, made it an option uh, when it came to motor vehicles department that you could actually go and uh, uh, go to motor vehicle private New Mexico uh, and and pay a little bit more for uh, being able to go in and get whatever it was that you needed done in a, in a quicker way. But you so got, people didn't you need a, to stand in line at the DMV. <laughs> well, you had a choice. Uh, not that not that there might may not have been a line at the at the MVD Express, mm-hmm. but for the most part, uh, there wasn't a line, and you could get in line. You could so so it brought competition to uh, um, to to the MVD. I would have been more outspoken than any governor in the country regarding school choice. Uh, I, I really believe, I, I really believe in free markets. I, I really believe that we all benefit from the lower cost of goods and services. And uh, when it comes to education, uh, it, it's an exciting notion to me that we might have educational entrepreneurs uh, unleashed to deliver better products, better services when it comes to education in this country, as opposed to what we're currently doing. Now, you you had your own business prior to being the governor. So, during, uh, yeah, well, so, so I, I started a one-man handyman business in Albuquerque in 1974, uh, me, uh, and in 1994 I actually had 1,000 employees, uh, wow. electrical, mechanical, plumbing, pipe fitting, uh, American dream come true, show up on time, do what you say you'll do for people, uh, do a little bit more than what you say you'll do for people. Now, naively, um, being in business and having a business that size and being governor of New Mexico was not a plus for business. So I sold that business in 1999. Nobody lost their job, and they're doing better than ever today. They're doing better than ever. But um, part of uh, the sale of that company had to do with the fact that there, that w- there were a lot of employees and they needed work and we weren't getting work that we probably should have gotten. And in retrospect, I kind of understand it. Uh, you know, Public Service Company of New Mexico doesn't want to be a front page on the newspaper saying they yep. awarded the governor's company a $15 million contract to do <laughs> electrical upgrades. It it, I can see how that would be well, a problem. And that was, and that was, uh, that was a problem. That was an issue. So um, mm. the big, big issues uh, for, for in the news right now, um, health care. Where do you stand on the idea? Because, I mean, some of the, the Republican, the front running, one of the front running Republican candidates instituted uh, health care. Right in his state, what um, social government run government run healthcare in his state? What what where do you stand coerced healthcare? Yeah. Well, uh, t- talking about Medicaid and Medicare. First of all, um, advocating a balanced budget tomorrow. Uh, I advocate balancing the budget tomorrow. So that means cutting government by a one point six trillion dollars. That being the amount of money that we're borrowing right now, 
uh, we're borrowing about about 43 cents out of every dollar that yep. we're spending. When so, you say <laughs> we, you mean the federal government, because I'm not doing that. Right. <laughs> Just saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I didn't. I'm going to stand corrected, Ian, and hopefully I won't make the same mistake. Again it's all right. Tonight, it's, but... it's just a pet peeve of mine. We've all been indoctrinated in this kind of yeah, collectivist yeah, yeah. speak where you're not working for the federal government either. So, I mean, it's no, not you no, and it's no, not me. You, you got it. So, uh, federal government ought to give back to the states the delivery of health care. They ought to cut it by 43%. Medicaid and Medicare give the delivery of health care back to the states to leave it to the states uh, as to how healthcare gets delivered to the poor and those over 65. 50 laboratories of innovation, uh, I think uh, the basis on what this country was founded on. Uh, what about the what about the FDA getting rid of them entirely? Because one of the things that the federal government does is it increases the cost of healthcare, even beyond the Medicare and the Medicaid and all that. But with all of its regulatory burdens, that's exactly that's reduced. exactly what they do. They with the regulatory burdens, um, what what we end up with is we end up spending a whole lot more money for products for goods and services. That otherwise would cost less if it weren't for that burden, and the FDA is a great example of that. And and so uh, uh, drug companies hide behind the certification that goes along with the with the FDA. And what are attorneys for? And don't they do a good job of uh, actually policing uh, the in, the entire system? Uh, as opposed to the government, which also tries to do that, but isn't as effective as, as or, attorneys. Or what about uh, <coughs> Consumer Reports or other alternative third-party organizations uh, that could you know, step in and fill that role of regulation, voluntary certification, and competition Absol- as well? Absolutely. I mean, you, you point at the crux of why uh, health care is so expensive in this country and what government could do. Uh, to, to make it so much more affordable. And what they could do is just really blow the lid off of supply. They could categorically go through and eliminate impediments for healthcare entrepreneurs that would want to enter into the space to deliver better products, better services at lower prices. We, we talked about marijuana earlier. Medical marijuana is a phenomenon that, uh, what, now 16 states ha- have adopted? That's an alternative uh, to... Uh, uh, to, to prescription drugs. It works. And Mark, and Mark you mentioned earlier, uh, I had a serious paragliding accident, very serious paragliding accident about five years ago. It took me three years to recover. I was I was a pile of bones. I, I'd, uh, Hold that thought, Gary. We're going to come back here in just a moment. 800-259-9231. And i got a few tough questions, too, for Gary Johnson. This isn't just going to be a softball interview. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves this uh, Saturday evening. However, calls for Gary Johnson will be given priority if you've got a question for the former governor of New Mexico. The liberty-leaning governor, I, I don't know if I'll go all the way to say. We've got some, I've got some maybe some tough questions all here. Right, well, let's just bring him on. We're going to put bring him to the on, test man. here. Uh, but he's, he's definitely somebody that does not make me feel icky uh, when I talk to him. And uh, so that's a, that's <laughs> it's, a plus. It's a huge, it's a huge yeah. plus. Uh, so, so we'll 
continue that here in a moment. LearnLiberty.org. It's a new site featuring libertarian talks and lectures on a variety of topics. It's a great way to explore new avenues within the libertarian perspective. This is a slick, nice website. You can uh, go check out the uh, the videos there. It'll teach you all kinds of things about liberty. Phil Magnus is talking about his new book on Lincoln and the plans to deport free slaves uh, to Belize. Uh, Nigel Ashford is uh, discussing the 10 fundamental principles of classical liberal thought in under 10 minutes. And uh, Professor Anthony Davies shows just how bad our government debt is. And uh, Stephen Horowitz uh, provides a sympathetic answer to, are the rich really getting richer and the poor really getting poor? Go check it out at learnliberty.org. All right, so uh, we're going to continue here. Of course, your questions for Gary Johnson. Welcome at 800-259-9231. Now then, uh, Gary, obviously we agree on a lot of stuff. I mean, getting rid of government regulations, all in favor of that. More freedom, all good. Uh, more ability to, uh, to do business, more ability to control your own body. We're on the same page, no doubt. Um, but what about, you've got this Our America Initiative at OurAmericaInitiative.com. You used the term good government earlier. I just, I don't think you can convince me that there could be such a thing as a good government. I mean, isn't all government force? How could that be good if you're? I, I don't know if I'm going to engage in. I, I don't know if I'm going to argue that point. I, I think that uh, good government. You you certainly argue that uh, that as opposed to what's currently happening, that there might be a better government. Maybe I should be saying better government. But you could make that point. You're yeah, right. All right uh, all there's right. always different degrees, right? And going in the right direction, I fully support. And it seems like. You know, you certainly are somebody that wants to turn things generally in the right direction, and that is away from more intrusion in people's lives. You know, I, I likened it to uh, turning a super tanker around. I mean, what, is, what does that actually physically take? By the, when you decide you're going to turn a super tanker around, it takes uh, it take a day. Eight, eight, eight miles to actually do do the U-turn. Well, first you've got to reverse the engines, and it still takes eight miles to I turn I think I'd around. rather get it to just take on water and let it, let it go down. <laughs> <laughs> let gravity do the work for you there. I'll take uh, somebody in office that's trying to turn it around. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Now, the uh, the Our America Initiative, ouramericanitiative.com, uh, says here at the top left, the United United States of America. How do you feel about secession? How do I feel about secession? Yeah. Does a state have the right to secede? Yeah, no, no, I, I, I got it. Uh, I guess we fought a civil war over that, so uh, I, I wouldn't want to relive that civil war. But you, do you believe you know, it? Ph- philosophically speaking, sure, sure. Do you think that would be what would happen today? Like if, let's say, New Hampshire or Vermont, for instance, uh, just, you know, the state legislators decided that we've had enough of this federal government just taking a bunch of money from us and getting involved in wars and killing people around the world. We're done. We're out of here. We don't want anything to do with it anymore. Do you really think that it would come down to you know the federal government rolling in tanks or something scary like that? No, I, I certainly don't. And uh, the bankruptcy, I mean, the... Uh I'm really under the belief that we're on the verge of an imminent financial collapse, and how how's that going to manifest itself? And uh, the solution lies in giving everything back to the states. Uh, that that is the solution. You know, that was sort of the way the Constitution was written. I mean, that Tenth Amendment says that uh, something to the effect that uh, anything that's not specifically enumerated here in the uh, the Constitution or prohibited to it by the states are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. So, so t- talking about just using the notion of secession, uh, using the notion of what what uh, what what somebody mentioned the other night, which is uh, tribes and pueblos in this country are um, are um, sovereign nations within mm. the United States, yeah. 
And as a result of that, there are opportunities that exist within within tribes and pueblos to do things that the states can't. Hmm. Uh, and uh, um, uh, uh, hospitals, for example, research and development, uh, uh, drug development on Indian reservations. It, it kind of goes on and on and on. It's a really exciting concept that you could separate yourself from the federal government and actually – uh, make I- innovation worldwide that would uh, really make a-, a difference for for mankind. Absolutely. So, so I-, I think when you with without secession, why can't we foster that notion within the country that we have? And now we're back to the fifty states model. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, I think nullification, which is what I believe you're, you're talking about here, uh, states standing up for their their sovereign rights within the Constitution that were uh, uh, given to them. The federal government has stepped all over that in the last fifty years, maybe maybe more. Um, that nullification is probably the practical solution. It seems to me, you know, where a state says just nope, nope, we're not participating in that. Thanks very much. You know, I, I would argue, Mark, that uh, that uh, a, um, a president of the United States that really w- was under the belief that uh, that states should uh, be the innovators, that the federal government shouldn't get involved, that it shouldn't be top down, and a Congress made up of like minded in- individuals and. You could argue that that would never be possible, but that that might be a, a quicker route to, to make that happen or, or, or a better, easier way to make that happen. It can happen. be difficult for a president, an executive, to get things done. However, what an executive can do is stop things from happening. They have that veto power, and it's powerful. I agree. I agree. Toll-free number here tonight, 800-259-9231. Of course, you can bring up whatever you want down the line here when uh, Gary decides that uh, he wants to leave. As far as I'm concerned, if you want to stick with us for a little while in hour number two, you're welcome to do so. I'll leave that in your hands uh, to decide. And I appreciate it because I don't really feel like – I mean, Mark, honestly, do you think that – Gary has been sliming out of any questions. I don't no, feel like he's he has. Hard. He's hitting right, hit him all right back. Gary, I've got a, I got a hard one for you though. You were the governor of New Mexico. That puts you right there on the border. So many Americans are concerned about the the immigration issue. Where, what's your stand? Well, uh, first of all, I think immigration is a good thing. I think, uh, I think this is a country uh, based on immigration. So, I think that we should make it as easy as possible. Uh, to get a work visa. And I think it's important to distinguish between a work visa and citizenship uh, or a green card, permanent non-residence. Oh, boy. And here we get into the government and what we've done to ourselves when we get into these clarifications. But anyway, make it easy to get a work visa. And I think a work visa should entail a background check. I think a work visa should entail a Social Security card so that applicable taxes get paid. Uh, immigration should be about work, not welfare. And there we have issues uh, with welfare in this country. Are Mexican citizens coming into the United States to take entry-level jobs from Americans? Absolutely not, because we as Americans can sit at home and collect a welfare check. Yeah. It's a little bit less money or the same amount of money. With regard to the 11 million illegal immigrants that are here in this country right now, uh, I think we need to set up a grace period by which they can get a legal work visa. Not citizenship, not a green card, legal work visa. Understanding that the main reason that they're here illegally is the government has made it impossible to get a work visa. And because they've made it impossible to get a work visa, because... Because it's impossible it, to do almost anything. It's impossible to uh, just about do anything. That uh, that uh, uh, industries have quotas. That there are quotas when it comes to these work visas. I mean, do away with all that. Let the let the market determine whether or not there's a need for the for the for the labor. 
And then once you do that, once you pass laws that I think are enforceable, uh, then enforce the law. That if you're here in this country working illegally, you'll be arrested, you'll be deported, and you won't come back and work uh, again. With Mm. regard to securing the borders, the notion of building a fence that's 2,000 miles long, uh, that's impenetrable, the notion of putting the National Guard across 2,000 miles of border, I think would be a whole lot of money spent with little, if any, benefit whatsoever. And then quickly touching on the marijuana issue, legalize marijuana and arguably 75% of the border violence with Mexico goes away, that being the uh, the estimate of the drug cartel's activities engaged in marijuana. Yeah, I saw a video on YouTube of the impenetrable uh, border fence being scaled by some uh, 12-year-olds. It was awesome. Just quick. Right? I think they oh, were they 15. Go. Whatever. You know, teenagers. Teenage cl- climbing, climbing your billion-dollar border fence. What a what a fantastic boondoggle uh, that I think, is. I think that but, impenetrable fence would probably be more like several hundred billion dollars. You, you know, Reagan essentially did what you're talking about. And so many people, um, you know... They, you know, you know, and... and um, Maybe maybe somebody listening can correct me, but what what he did though is the government went back to setting quotas and they made it uh, unenforceable. Uh, the government doesn't need to be setting quotas for this, and the government should enforce laws that then that that get passed. That's the point I really want to talk about here. When we come back, you're going to stick with us, right? In hour number two. All right, Gary Johnson is here. He's like almost like a not a real politician, but he's actually been. In political office, he was the uh, the governor of New Mexico. Uh, you've been giving us pretty straight answers here, Gary, and I appreciate the uh, the fourth you know being, you being forthcoming with your thoughts on these issues because they're very important ones. And I think immigration is one of the most important of our time. It's also one of the mis- most misunderstood. And I think that uh, what I've heard from you so far is less objectionable than what I hear from most politicians. So I'd like to <laughs> dig in a little further on it uh, in a moment very here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. Hour two is next. If you've got a question for Gary Johnson, he's here with us. And he's sticking with us. 800-259-9231. It's the shirt you wear most and essential in any professional man's wardrobe. It's the white dress shirt. And for over half a century, the Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford dress shirt has set the standard for quality, comfort, and style. It regularly starts at $40 or more. But we're so confident that it will become your favorite shirt, we're making it available at the exclusive introductory price of only $19.95. Go to 1995shirt.com and choose our classic button-down with button cuffs or our traditional straight collar with either button or French cuffs. Choose from regular, trim, and big and tall sizes with 55 combinations of collar and sleeve lengths for an exact fit. Order today and you'll also receive free monogramming and 850 value. Go to 1995shirt.com right now to order your Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford dress shirt for just $19.95. Enter promo code TUCK. That's 1995shirt.com. Promo code TUCK. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here into the second hour of this program. Uh, you can bring up anything you want here, but calls are giving uh, being given priority for 
those who have question for Gary Johnson. He is the former governor of uh, New Mexico, and he is here with us uh, tonight, actually in studio on uh, traveling around, visiting people, talking about his Our America initiative, which you can learn more about over at OurAmericaInitiative.com. And just to bring you up to speed briefly on who Gary Johnson is, he is somebody who came across my radar many years ago because of his uh, stance against the insanity of the war on drugs. And as it turns out, he's actually somebody that uh, has been in politics and apparently has retained his soul. Uh, Gary, welcome back to uh, Free Talk Live. Thank glad you, Ian. Glad it, you're here. <laughs> it is good. It, it is. It's fun to be here. Good, good. Uh, well, New Hampshire is a great place, and we're going to talk a little bit more about New Hampshire in a little bit and the Free State Project because I know you're familiar with it. You've been actually you were at the Porcupine Freedom Festival last year, and we're going to talk about the uh, the this coming Pork Fest here in a little bit. Uh, our number again eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But as I said during the last hour, um, you know, even though there's a lot we agree on, I mean, one of the things you did while you were in office in the eight years that you were was veto was it seven hundred fifty approximately seven hundred fifty pieces of legislation. Hey, it was right on the, right on the head seven hundred fifty pieces and thousands of line items that's kind of an estimate on the line items and but, the, but the, the bills were 750 only two were overridden so it made a huge wow difference. that's incredible huge the difference. claim is that that number is approximately the same number as would be if you combined all of the other 49 governors and all the other 49 states together you vetoed as many as all of them combined basically that's quite uh you know so that's something worth bragging about i think you're so. a veto and mofo well you know that's important i mean there's not very yes. many people in politics who are willing to say no i mean ron paul and gary johnson i think are two of the you know, a few I, I, I was going to say that uh, a, th- a third of those vetoes were uh, vetoes of Republican bill. They were Republican bills. Uh, Republicans seem to grow government just like the uh, Democrats. <laughs> Only it's Republican, a myth, the idea that they yeah, uh, Repub- for small government. Republicans did it in a good way. They did it in a, in a way that would just grow government temporarily, but ultimately would lead to smaller government. I, I never bought that argument. I, really I haven't didn't. seen the evidence of it, right? right. I mean, <laughs> why would you want to grow government to fix a problem if government's a bad solution? If government's a good solution, let's go ahead and grow government i don't believe that for a second but you know the idea that you can use government to solve a problem when you've got a problem just doesn't make much sense to me well, well that I, me- I think a hundred of my vetoes too were uh vetoes of bills where the vote in the legislature was 117 to zero and i would have vetoed the wow. legislation i'd have said to the republicans you know what I, I had to read this and here's what it said and you were pressed for time and Here's what it says, and here's why I'm going to veto it, because I think it spends money that uh, isn't going to make a difference in any of our lives. So coming back around to the issue of immigration, which Mark brought up, and I'm glad you did, Mark. That way I'm not the only one asking the hardball questions here uh, tonight, because I had it on my list of things to ask about as well. You said a lot of things that I, th- I felt uh, showed some compassion on the issue of immigration, and, and that, again, is something you don't typically hear from somebody calling themselves a Republican. Usually it's, you know, crack down, kick them out, kill them, whatever. Other... I don't care about compassion. I care about what works, and I think that he's got a system that works. Well, I think compassion is important, too, because Agreed. we're talking about human it, beings I, I here. I think compassion works. But I think I want what works. Well, and and what works is freedom uh, from from my perspective. And you talked about how and please correct me if I'm uh, re recapping this incorrectly, but you talked about how uh, immigration is important and you know, you're not yeah, somebody that yeah. wants to stop it. You're somebody who wants to make through the legal processes awful as that is uh, make it easier. You realize that the government's 
what is it, ICE Department, formerly known as INS, that it's very difficult. Uh, the immigration service it makes it very difficult for people to come here, whether it's on work visas or whatever the the, the paperwork is called. It's like a nightmare for people it's, to it's like go through this. And, and then t- touching on the fact, too, that, we're, uh, that we are educating foreign students in this country. And uh, because of our immigration laws, because of our convoluted immigration laws, we're sending them back to their country of origin as opposed to letting them stay here mm. uh, to ultimately, right. I think, create tens of millions of jobs in startup companies. Immig- as immigrants are to, huge entrepreneurs. Uh, absolutely. As opposed to going back to India and uh, employing tens of millions of Indians uh, in, in uh, jobs that may have been here. Right. I mean, how good is that for the United States economic future to educate a bunch of engineers and send them to other countries? Why would you want that well and that's what we're doing and and it, it and th- that doesn't make any sense that's what they're uh, doing. eliminate eliminate the corporate income tax also eliminate the corporate income tax understanding that it's a double tax eliminate the corporate income tax and um, i think tens of millions of jobs get created here that otherwise would have been well, that that I've eliminated the uh, income tax from my own life, but it's not a corporate one. I think that we should eliminate all uh, <laughs> all taxes. But so let's let's step down to, to philosophy just for uh, a second. Something you've said here. All right, I've got more on immigration. I know. Though, Mark. We'll get back to it. But you said about the corporate income tax, and I find it interesting. Corporations are co- construct of the government, and so therefore they would be the only thing that the government could legitimately tax. They create it. The government creates corporations, so therefore taxing corporations. I agree that it's a double tax. I agree that uh, you know if I have a corporation, they tax corporation then they tax my own income and that's a double tax but the government doesn't own me so it can't own my labor so how can it in fact tax my work and my the, the fruits of my labor sort of from a legitimate standpoint i've kind of f- feel like uh, the government provides these protections through corp- corporations and therefore that those corporations are the only things that could be taxed no i i understand it i under, I, I got it i got it <laughs> would, 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 would we be better off without an income tax at all? And by better off, it, was it was it legitimate in the first place? Um, no, I uh, clearly. But uh, this is the reality. This is where we're at right now. Yep. And um, I, I, I guess I would always take the position that we can improve on uh, on where we're at. So uh, back to the immigration issue. And again, if you've got a question for Gary Johnson, he's here with us at 800-259-9231. So right, he's not not running for president. Whatever that means. Uh, anyway, I wasn't going to even ask you any questions about presidential stuff. I just care about you and what you think. So to the point that you made about enforcement of immigration, you were talking about how you, know, you want to reduce the regulations. You want to make it easier. And I, you know, certainly I support anything that makes it easier for people to come here and make a better life for themselves. You talked about how welfare is a huge problem. There's no doubt about that. If you've got a welfare system, giving out handouts to people may attract the wrong kind of person. Whereas if there isn't that huge well, government welfare mentality, then you're going to attract more of the entrepreneurial folks or the people that are trying to get away from tyranny or whatever it is that the reason is coming here. They're coming here for a better life. There are a lot of people that come here for those reasons. And it sounds like you know that. But you were talking about a lot of the people that are already here and the idea of giving them this grace period uh, to become carded work visa, or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. and and then to enforce and that's where you know i really question because you are somebody who gets it on the issue of prohibition right you understand yeah, that the yeah, government yeah. can't prohibit things it just drives those products and services into the black market human beings are the same uh you prohibit human beings or you create this enforcement mentality of you know for instance and, and i'm not saying this is what you're proposing but what we see now is these government bureaucracies the ice people coming in raiding people's 
businesses, holding people at gunpoint, looking through files, checking to see if so-and-so is an immigrant or so-and-so isn't, separating you know, people from their families. And I understand that the government has all these rules and you know, they're almost impossible to figure out. And that's why people don't follow them and, and jump through those hoops. But do you really think that enforcing these rules is going to create a better, more free place. It seems like that would kind of lead us more down a kind of scary police state road. Well, if, if you don't, if you don't make the, if you don't make the laws easily enforceable, and by easily enforceable, we're back to this notion of uh, a re- really handshake. Why would you be in this country? Uh, if why would you be in this country working illegally if it were so easy? Uh, to get a work visa. I think the only reason that you'd perhaps be in this country working illegally is perhaps if you did have uh, something in your background that, uh, that that you shouldn't be in this country. So maybe that ends up to be the real separator. Make, maybe it makes it easier. Who shouldn't be here? A, a, a rapist, murderer, a convict. Uh, Mark, from, what did you do Mexico? Uh, for nine years in Florida? <laughs> I spent nine years in prison, but I, I do think... For uh, what? For murder. Uh, the, the, the fact is, I do think that, that you can't sell the idea of immigration reform without having some level of cracking down. And I, I, All know, I'm saying is, not everybody that went point. to prison no, for murder well, <laughs> shouldn't Mark, be able I'm, to have I'm a new really life. I'm really curious about this. Because, I'll tell you about it during yeah, the break. No, we'll, I'm sure we'll, of it. I'm we'll sure come back no, in a moment. This is, this is a great story. More with Gary Johnson. Story. He's with us. And if you've got a question for him, uh, we'll certainly take your call at 800-259-9231. His website, ouramericainitiative.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control. Bring up what you want. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The The GPS GPS Black Black Box Box Dash Cam. Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at FreedomCam.net. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. However, if you have a question for Gary Johnson, the former governor of New Mexico, and, uh, like, not the typical politician, he's here with us in the studio, 800-259-9231. He is uh, involved with his Our uh, Our America Initiative, which you can go to OurAmericaInitiative.com. There's a lot that uh, that we've agreed on so far, and I feel like we've been getting straight answers uh, from Gary. He can look you in the eye. You can tell he actually has soul in him, uh, as opposed to most politicians who have that, apparently. Either it's already been ripped out of them um, before they get into political office, or it happens. just born without it. Sometimes. (laughs) sometime (laughs) later on uh but he's here and he seems like a genuinely honest kind of dude which is is atypical for politicians so i really appreciate you you taking the time especially like you're not running out the door either which is cool i mean we obviously we haven't scared you away uh with the questions (laughs) that we've been asking um so anyway i appreciate that we're going to get right back into your calls here at 800-259-9231 but first want to make sure you know about the porcupine freedom festival gary was actually there uh last year's the 2010 pork fest and uh of course we were there broadcasting live and we will be there again this year june 20th through the 26th it's been expanded it's officially now the full week 
it's kind of always been a week-long event unofficially, but now it is officially expanding out. And looking forward to seeing you there. If you love the ideas of liberty, that is, this is uh, the place for you because hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people will be in attendance as they were last year. Over 800 people uh, in attendance at the Pork Fest last year. And this year, probably going to be, I don't know, 900,000, something like that. Uh, but you could be there. You know, we're still taking registrations. The Free State Project is putting it on. It's going to be at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Gary, was it your first uh, Porcupine Freedom Festival Por- last year? First Porcupine Freedom Festival. And How it, pretty was it? It was Rogers really Campground. very, very beautiful. And it was fun. It was a fun event. Great people, too, right? Great people, yeah. I mean, they're just incredible. That's yeah. the real oh. reason to go. The oh. scenery's nice, but the uh, the people there are the real reason. The socializing that you'll have the chance to do, fun stuff like family fun, activities, agorism in action, games, uh, lots of parties and uh, campfires, you know, the whole deal. It's a great camping time. Well, and I uh, very rarely find myself having to defend my record on me being too big a government. And maybe everybody listening has that same sense, too. But at, at Pork Fest, I found myself not not defending, but having to defend the fact that I was too big a government guy. Yes, it's a hardcore group of people. Probably the smallest government, uh, government governor uh, yeah. in the history of the United States. And then, you know, at Pork Fest, people might want even a smaller one than what you were proposing. Yeah, right, they're, right. They're the kind of people that are going to hold you, your feet to the flames, as we've uh, we've done to some extent tonight. And I think you've been really good sport here with us. Uh, so go to porkfest.com to register today and join us for Pork Fest 2011. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T, porkfest.com. Use the coupon code FREETALK live that's our show name all run together so take out the spaces use our coupon code free talk live to save 20 percent on your early bird registration at porkfest.com as we go to bill listening to wsc in charleston south carolina bill you're on with gary johnson hi um governor i i, I know you are uh, advocating the legalization or the use of uh i just think that um, i work as an adjunct in the criminal justice system here locally. And um, for the past 40 years, I have seen the drug problems in uh, our area, as well as the entire country, uh, have just gotten worse and worse and worse. And it's not going to ever get any better until somebody addresses the problem in a, in a rational way. Um, I feel that the only rational way to do it is to just legalize everything and if you take the criminal stigma away from drugs and just make it available tax it you were talking about you know the fda is a useless arm of the government and just let people use whatever drugs they want if they're going to kill themselves they do it illegally now legalizing it is not going to stop it and uh the states and federal government could probably save I'd say conservatively a trillion dollars over the space of three years in, you know, just enforcing laws that don't get enforced. Well, you know, you you I think you hit it on the head. I, I think that 90 percent of the drug problem is prohibition related, uh, not use related. That's not to discount the problems with use and abuse, but that ought to be the focus. It's estimated about $70 billion a year when it comes to uh, the courts, the prisons, and uh, law enforcement. So that would be a very uh, significant savings. Uh, I am advocating the legalization of marijuana. 
Uh, when it comes to the other drugs, I'm advocating harm reduction strategies, which in a nutshell is looking at the drug problem first as a health issue rather than a criminal justice issue. Uh, I think we legalize marijuana. I think we take giant strides toward uh, toward what I'll just call rational drug policy moving forward. But uh, I think we have to start somewhere, and uh, I think the start ought to be uh, legalizing marijuana. Bill, thank you for your call and your thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Since we brought it back around because of Bill's question, um, I, I guess I jumped to a conclusion. I mean, uh, so you don't advocate en- the, the full-on ending of prohibition? What I will admit to uh, readily is that the world would be a much be- this country would be a much better place if we legalized all drugs tomorrow. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. that's good. That's good because that, that's but, the sensible but, but, solution. But what I am advocating is just the legalization of marijuana, which I think. How about decriminalization? Us- because some would say there's a difference between legalization, which kind of takes things out of the black market and puts it into a kind of regulated marketplace. How about decriminalizing the other drugs? Well, and, and uh, this is back to what I was saying earlier. Uh, in a nutshell, we should look at all the rest of the drug problem, all, all the rest of the drug issue, first as a health issue rather than a criminal justice issue. You know, uh, so so when you when you talk about decriminalization, I think I think it's important uh, to draw on what's happened in uh, Portugal. I think it's important mm-hmm. to draw on what's happened in Holland. But but for for people that don't know what's happened in Portugal, uh, that's what I was, was going to point it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ten years ago, Portugal decriminalized all drug use, and as a result of doing that, Portugal and Holland have effectively decriminalized all drug use. Portugal's actually done it. Yeah. But but each of these countries has sixty percent the drug use as that of the United. States. That's on a per capita basis. That's marijuana, that's hard drugs, that's kids, and that's adults. Portugal, over the last 10 years, has documented a 50% reduction in heroin use simply because they've decriminalized. It's incredible. It's incredible. So these are the kinds of things that I think when you start talking about drug policy, and I think it starts with marijuana, when you start talking about it, when you get... The drug issue is an issue that does really well in the light of day. The drug issue, yeah. because of Prop, Proposition 19 in California, because it was a topic of conversation on millions of dinner tables across this country where it otherwise wouldn't have been a topic of conversation, I think the topic, or I think the issue advanced as a result of that. So legalized marijuana, the whole conversation that evolves around that and the discussion and the realization and the epiphanies that people come to, Mm. I think, lend itself toward this notion of rational drug policy regarding all the other drugs. We're right now two years away from being at a national tipping point on the legalization of marijuana. 46% of Americans right now support legalizing marijuana in two years as a result of the, this gain in, in acceptance or understanding this. Two years, we're, we're at a point where the majority of Americans are going to support that. We're going to come back with more. Uh, Gary Johnson sticking with us, right? Sticking All right, this is yeah, great. Yeah. 800-259-9231. He's here. He'll take your questions. Your thoughts are welcome. 1-800-259-9231. You talk to Gary Johnson. And later on, you can take control. Bring up whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nesquik. Try Nesquik 4-Packs. Perfect for lunches and great for kids on the go. Look for it in the juice aisle. Snack time is a great chance to sneak extra calcium into your child's diet without making him feel like he's eating something he doesn't want. Serve up dairy-rich foods like smoothies, flavored milk, frozen yogurt, and string cheese. He'll love the treat, and you'll love knowing how good it is for him. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. 
Talk Live. It's a live Saturday edition of the program, and you can, of course, bring up anything you want here. Uh, Gary Johnson is with us, and of course, we'll continue taking calls for Gary, and then... I don't know. I don't know what Gary's going to do for the rest of the night. He can take off whenever he wants to. I mean, he's been one of the best. Uh, oh, I tried to his mic off. I apologize. Go ahead. You're back on now. You're... I'll just torture the two of you for another segment. All right. Sounds but, good. But thanks. All I, right. re- I really appreciate being on. It's been fun. Absolutely. Fun. His website, by the way, Our American Initiative, excuse me, OurAmericaInitiative.com. And people do have uh, questions for you, Gary. So we're just going to continue Great. with Great. those. Uh, let's talk to Ty in Tennessee on the amp lines. Ty, you're on with uh, Gary Johnson, former governor of of New Mexico. He's with us here tonight. Excellent. Hey, uh, I just wanted to say uh, you are one of only two politicians with national recognition I know of who really get it as far as liberty goes. Um, that is is a compliment, and it's also a, a sad commentary on the state of politics in the U.S. Um, let's say a miracle happened and you were elected president of the United States. What would you do that would have a lasting impact on individual liberty here? You know, Ty. Uh, first off, I man, I appreciate what you have to say. I, I'm I'm really trying to grow the Republican Party here uh, because I, I see the Republican Party as the only party capable of fixing what has what's what's happened. And I also will uh, immediately acknowledge that the Republicans bear uh, complete responsibility or shared responsibility for where we're at. Uh, Republicans did control Congress and the presidency and passed a prescription health care well, benefit. Before you, you're, all, you're right about all that. Before you get to the answer to the question, but it, didn't the – was it Trent, somebody or other, one of those politicians say years ago that they had slashed the government to the bone? I mean the Republicans, uh, when they were in charge – That was delay, but – It was like some Repo- – it was a Republican guy that said yes. it, like that they had cut it to the bone. You don't, you don't agree with him. <laughs> I don't agree at all. No, I, I, I don't agree at all. I, I um, so and, and, sorry and, to distract no, you. No. So what would you do? I mean, well, that's no, the question. So, so, so Ty, as uh, as governor, and we're speaking hypothetically, but as governor of New Mexico, uh, the, the notion was to take it all on a a through z. Uh, there, there weren't any going to be any sacred cows. Uh, that it was uh, it was going to be putting the issues that should be on the front burner on the front burner, regardless of the political consequence. And so, uh, right right off the bat, I, we need to balance the federal budget. Right off the bat, we need to get out of Iraq and Afghanistan. Right off the bat, and uh, um, and back to balancing the budget. You know, that's that's cutting government spending by forty five percent. That's cutting government spending by one point six trillion dollars. That's uh, Medicaid, that's Medicare, that's reforming Social Security, that's cutting defense by that amount of money. It's really going through and doing it with everything, believing that uh, none of us that, that were that there may be some pain involved in that, but better better pain than suffering and death. Uh, the consequence of of actually uh, seeing this country uh, uh, implode, which which is where we're at. Isn't isn't balancing the budget merely a band aid at this point? I mean, we're we're over the cliff. You know, it would take a lot more than just balancing the budget uh, to to uh, get this right on track. We'd have to really have some drastic cuts. And my problem is, you know, with the political situation is that there are just too few people with the liberty mindset of saying that you know let us fix ourselves and and get rid of this uh back and forth political football that's been going on for 200 years and actually uh you know let people work out their own situations you know what i'm saying i'm, I'm just trying to figure out what one man 
or two. I mean, seeing as how, you know, the other person, Ron Paul, that comes to mind is the only other person I know that gets it in the national political sphere. What I, I'm just kind of skeptical about what can really be accomplished that has will have a lasting impact. Ty, thanks Do for the call. Like I, you I, had a lasting impact in New, in New Mexico? Good question. Thanks for the call, Ty. Appreciate it. Well, uh, you know, I, I always said, regardless of what happened after I left, um, that it, it would it would never be the same again because of what I what I was able to bring to bear, which was really the whole notion of small government. And Ty, you know, you you bring about uh, a reality here, and that is, uh, um, you know, is is any of this going to be worthwhile? I, I guess I'm on the optimistic side of this that uh, that that there really is hope, and that uh, and that it should be driven. Um, you you point out that uh, that the band aid would be balancing the budget. Uh, it's important to point out right now that Congress is talking about uh, reducing spending by thirty eight billion dollars, going to to a hundred billion dollars next year. Rand Paul has uh, has uh, suggested a five hundred billion dollar reduction. I would just say that a trillion six hundred thousand dollars would go beyond the notion of band aid. Yeah, right. This is you know it's it's the idea that if you're in a hole, stop digging, and I think that that is the first place to go. Yes, the debt is tremendous and it needs to be addressed, but I think the first thing you need, like there's there needs to be the first goal. When and, it, when I, it, and I don't want to discount what Ty had to say no. either, which is really there is a hopelessness. There is a hopelessness about this. Let's let's bring it to a, a personal level. I mean, the the question reminded me of something, and that is uh, when I was getting into the ideas of liberty a decade ago, it was Harry Brown. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He was the Libertarian Party's presidential candidate in the year 1996 and 2000. And he wrote a couple of great books. Uh, one of them is one of my favorites, Why Government Doesn't Work. And it's just a you know brilliant uh, piece wherein he defines one of the chapters is what I would do were I elected president. And he talks about how there's, you know, even though there's clearly a lot he can't do as the one man, there is a lot that he could do. And he mentioned bringing the troops home from the 700 plus military bases around the world. I mean, that's something that the president can just go ahead and do. And you talked about Iraq and Afghanistan, which is great. Um, Also, he talked about pardoning people. Uh, and, you know, because this is a human issue. You mentioned the 1.5 plus million people that are arrested every year in the war on drugs. Many of those federal arrests, uh, a lot of people in the federal prison system, I think last I heard it was like 60 percent or more. 73 percent. federal. 73 percent of federal prison are individuals that have sold small amounts of drugs on numerous occasions and been caught. Uh, yeah. Mandatory sentence. Peaceful people. They weren't gang, you know, shooting are people Arguably or nonviolent, uh, victimless crime. So what would you think about something like that? Like, is that something? You know, that you one, would one do. Of, well, yeah, one of the untold stories about the prohibition of alcohol was uh, after alcohol prohibition was repealed uh, that uh, there was letting go out of prison those individuals that had been convicted and put there. Now, but you wouldn't I, have I to wait say, for that, though, right? Well, you could just get into political office. And if you were elected president, then you I, that's could just one of, that's one of the that, well, Ty, swing that's my, that pen. Or, uh, Ian, that's one of my, that's one of my points here. Is it's kind of an untold story when it came to uh, prohibition of alcohol and what happened afterwards, and that yes, that would be part of it. As governor of New Mexico, one one thing I I put out there was was that um, I, I was going to uh, look to pardon anybody that was in there um, for drugs, not selling drugs, and I and I go back also to the time period uh, when I was doing this, which was uh, really uh, 10, uh, 10, 11 years ago when I was doing this. And this was pretty cutting edge at that time. I, I've 
come since to recognize that, uh, and not that I didn't at the time, and not that I didn't try and articulate at the time the notion of the drug pusher, that, that it was a completely misunderstood notion, that the person that sells drugs really is just the user that gets thrust into the role of having to sell drugs because In the many person cases, ahead of true. him has been... Has, has been uh, has been arrested, or but, or but, because it's so expensive to uh, and, to buy and, the drugs, and, and, and so much of state prisons are filled with individuals that have committed other crime uh, associated with drugs, but drugs being kind of the root of the crime, but having committed uh, a violent acts uh, associated with drugs. Clearly, I don't people know if those that, ever, I don't know if those people ever get let out of prison given their sentences. Right. Clearly, people that have done violence don't deserve exactly to be, to harm be let out. harm to others. Uh, I think would be the key. Right. And of course, it should be pointed out though that a lot of those things, those violent acts, happen, and you know this. It's because of prohibition, because prohibition driving those prices guns, up. Guns, uh, uh, disputes played out with guns rather than the courts. So um, now it was, I was told by someone that uh, that had been asked of you when you were, I guess, governors to whether you would uh, pardon people and that you didn't. You're saying that you were looking at doing that. Did you actually pardon somebody? I, I, I took two people uh, out of prison uh, and set them, I say, set them free. Could you have done more? Uh, no, I, I wasn't aware of more. And that went outside the category of selling drugs. I, I imagine there were a lot that had sold drugs and that that's the only thing that they would have did, done. But that was a category that I said I was going to exclude. Do you want one more segment? Yeah, let's All do right, it. More let's with Gary Johnson right, in a moment. Right. It's Free Talk Live. You can take control. Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll free at 800 259 9231. Take control of the airwaves. 800 259 And joining you this evening, it's Ian and Mark. And we have our special guest with us for the remainder of this segment. So if you wanted to ask a question for, uh, of rather, Gary Johnson, the former governor of New Mexico, he is here in the studio with us tonight. He's here and uh, as a part of the Our America Initiative, uh, which is his website, ouramericainitiative.com. We've been all over the map with, uh, with questions, both softball and hardball, and he's been a great, uh, a great sport. He's one of my favorite politicians, and uh, that list is all of two uh, <laughs> right. Not a long uh, people, list. or two or three, maybe. So, all right, uh, so you made my evening. Made <laughs> well, the, made, thank thanks you. for making the trip out here, too. Uh, I mean, it's a long yeah. way from Manchester to come out here to uh, little Keene, New Hampshire, on the corner of the state, so I appreciate that. Intern for Liberty. Make a difference, get experience, and get paid. The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduates, graduate students, and recent graduates for its summer internship programs. They have internships in all kinds of journalism and public policy. The internship includes a generous stipend, housing assistance, career workshops, and training throughout the summer. This is an excellent opportunity if you are in college or just, just graduating from college this uh, this year for you to get uh, a leg up. It's uh, Many of the graduates have gone on to things like ABC's 2020, the Financial Times, the Cato Institute, Washington Post, and many more. It's libertarianinternships.com. Go there, sign up. More information, and you can receive updates and reminders. LibertarianInternships.com. 
All right, so we're going to continue here. Uh, Gary Johnson is with us, and uh, we're going to go right back into your calls uh, because we've got Kenneth on the line listening to WFLA-FM in the Tallahassee area. Hello, Kenneth. Yes, sir. Hey, you're on with Gary Johnson. Okay, I have a a kind of a comment and a question for you. Sure. would hope you could answer. Um, I have done a little bit of research in the Founding Fathers and so forth, and and I've discovered that they really never intended to have uh, taxation on you know on the citizenry of America, and they they actually intended to make the money for the government and so forth from the export of goods, from taxation of the export of goods. Now, the Republican Party. Now, I'm not a Democrat, and I'm not really a Republican either, but I'm, I, I lean more towards Republican because the Democrats are too crazy. But the, what I see that the Republicans have done is they have uh, opened up a free trade agreement where there's, you know, we have free trade with all these other countries. And yet I've traveled around the world several different places, and I realize that the, the other countries do not have free trade. And I, and I know that... Uh, the Mexican problem that we have, the, the illegal immigration problem that we have, is mostly the cause of free trade because they, the farmers that were in Mexico were doing just fine until all this free trade stuff got passed, and then they started coming over the borders because they couldn't sell their goods because big international corporations, not necessarily just regular American corporations, but international corporations who can go anywhere they want to go, leave America if they want, if it's cheaper, you know, and so what was your kinda, question? They've kind of influxed. Uh, anyway, they've kind of influxed in other countries and causing hardship in those countries as well. And I'm wondering, what's your opinion on the free trade, you know, thing that the Republicans have been behind for so long? I, I, I would just argue that uh, that w- that we move further and further away from free trade, and that Republicans contribute to that, and. Maybe the 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 problems stem from not free trade. That the, yeah, what the, free the pro- trade the, are the, you talking? The, the problems stem from uh, from what what I call corporatist uh, legislation that favors uh, one business one uh, one business over another on uh-huh. on bigness as opposed to this a, a level playing field that government could be engaged. Uh, the government could be engaged in true free trade, but but really impede free trade. Yeah, that's well, what was. The, that's why I thought that the caller's premise, Kenneth, Kenneth, your premise yes, was just wrong right out the gate. I mean, what free trade are you talking about? The Republicans and Democrats for years have been creating more and more regulations, making it more difficult for people yeah, to trade know, with but people. They've, but they've touted it. They've they've labeled it as free trade. Yeah, okay. no, you know, yeah, 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 all yeah, this yeah. stuff. Right. Well, yeah, they labeled you the know. Patriot Act the Patriot Act too. And right. thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. It's really important for people to understand things like we don't have free trade. If you have to pay some government bureaucrat before you can do a business deal with someone over in China, or they have to pay a government bureaucrat, you don't have free trade. You've you got don't need an 800-page document to make free trade. I mean, free trade is the lack of uh, large documents, not uh, the institution of them. Uh, G- Gary Johnson, Would you agree with that? Uh, yes, Gary? yes, I would. Um, what do you think about the, the Federal Reserve and the U.S. dollar? I think that the U.S. dollar's uh, you know been taking a beating in the international markets, and I think the chance exists that it will cease to be the world's reserve. Reserve currency sometime in the next five years. What do you What do you think? You know, if I were president of the United States and Congress were to pass a bill abolishing the Federal Reserve, I'd sign that bill. Uh, if Congress were to uh, pass legislation to create a competing currency or to return to a commodity based uh, currency, gold, um, I, I would sign that legislation. I don't see it happening, but um, I, I would certainly support that. I, I think the Federal Reserve right now 
is uh, is uh, skating on the thinnest ice that uh, that a skater can possibly skate on. That we're gambling at the absolute highest level, given zero percent interest rates. The fact that we're buying up our own treasuries. Uh, clearly, the Federal Reserve recognizes how precarious it all is, and uh, uh, certainly transparency when it comes to the Federal Reserve is something that ought to happen uh, immediately and uh, uh, let let the financial markets discount what uh, what what they probably already ascertain. Now, the president, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm by, by no means an expert on uh, politics, but the president is the guy who uh, nominates the, um, the the Fed, the head of the Federal Reserve. Is, is that is that so? So you could assumably, if uh, if you were to win, the, so the so so keeping the Federal Reserve, uh, you know, getting it back to its original mandate of uh, of. Uh, um, Price stability, as opposed to uh, what has now been added, which is employment, uh, onto that. Uh, the notion of a strong dollar versus a, a weak dollar. Uh, th- these, I thought, were uh, things that the Federal Reserve was um, uh, was all about. Uh, Actually, I think reducing. the Federal Reserve was about uh, putting the control of the monetary system into the hands of uh, of a few, you know, elite bankers uh, back in 1913. Well, it has worked out that way. Yeah, <laughs> it has worked out. That so, way. Um, uh, real quick, term limits. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about term limits these days. It's a very populist issue. Where, where do you stay? You were term limited out as the governor of uh, I, I, I'm living example of why term limits work. Uh, I, I, as governor, uh, it's, it's a job I really liked. I really liked the job. So for four years, I try and push the envelope as much as I possibly can, recognizing that maybe I'll get another four years because I kind of I really enjoy the job. I got to tell you, it was fun. And uh, and then uh, when I got reelected, well, to me, then there is no tomorrow. Um, This is uh, this is I need to do everything that I possibly can to do things right. And I don't think most politicians see it that way. Not that I not that I didn't the first four years, but that that second four years was a cloud hanging over my first four. I had a chance for another four. If I'd had a chance for another four or another four. Maybe maybe I'm not as as bold as I that I, that I'm going to make the outrageous claim that I was. So Gary, we're running short on time. You're going to be leaving us here in a few moments. And again, I want to say I really appreciate you taking the time well, to come talk ditto, to us on ditto. Free Talk Live. It's been great. Um, but what question haven't we asked that we might have should have asked you, if anything? Oh, I, I'm sure there are a zillion and. Any, anyways, a pleasure being on. Really, pleasure. What, okay, so you get the you know last final thoughts here from you, Gary. I mean, what uh, what do you want to hear? I guess what would you like our audience to hear from you tonight? What message would you like to get out? Well, that that uh, my message. Um, I, I got to actually serve. I, I the, the notion here that uh, I believe the Republican Party is the only party that's capable of fixing where we're at. I'm trying to grow the Republican Party. I've had the unique uh, experience to have actually gotten elected, um, uh, espousing what I think is really small government and and liberty and and freedom and the personal responsibility that goes along with that. And I always like to point out to people that I think what's really significant is that. Given what I did in office, I would have gotten reelected, uh, elected and reelected in a state that's two to one Democrat uh, on issues that uh, wouldn't uh, be uh, associated with with that party. 
so good stewardship of tax dollars, I, I guess, really resonates with people. I, and, I, and I think I'm living proof of that. Gary's website is OurAmericaInitiative.com. And you know, there's, a, I guess, a list of things that you're, you're going to be doing up there, speaking at the SSDP Students for Sensible Drug Policy Convention uh, coming up in just a couple weeks, apparently. So, yep, yep. Uh, so. People, people can go there to keep in touch with you, OurAmericaInitiative.com. And I'm sure we'll see you again in New Hampshire at some point. Uh, yes. No, thanks thank for thank thanks you. for coming thank in tonight. You. By the way, this program brought to you by SACL CAI. We've got a full hour remaining. Your chance to take control of the airwaves is coming up next at 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing stickers from libertystickers.com exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers that's libertystickers.com but wait there's more you can buy liberty stickers wholesale get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination sell them or give them away they're great for gun shows flea markets fairs outreach and more earn extra money promote freedom and spread the word need custom stickers labels or decals for your organization or business liberty stickers makes them go to libertystickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626 libertystickers.com the world's most dangerous stickers This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. 800-259-9231 and SACL CAI is brought to you by the awesome Jason Osborne. 800-259-9231. As we continue here, we will take your phone calls about anything. That is the point of the program. It's very rare that we actually have guests on. We did, for those of you just tuning in, we uh, we just finished up a two-hour-long uh, guest spot with Gary Johnson, uh, the former governor of New Mexico. So if you missed that, it's worth a listen. The guy was really straightforward and, like, Answered our questions and didn't back down and yeah I I, I, I look in the eye too and I think he's going to run for office um for president and I think he didn't that, say that though. he did not say that I, I I'm just speculating I think he will and if he does I've already given some money to his uh, our America initiative at, at our America initiative dot com and i'll give more we're uh we're going to continue now with your calls and your thoughts about what you want people have actually been waiting patiently through uh the gary johnson interview to get their thoughts on the air so let's start with sky listening in michigan to wsjm fm hello sky sky in michigan going once sky just hung up let's try instead tim listening to wdng in anniston alabama hello tim Yes. Um, actually, this is Tim's wife. Tim had to walk into the store. And um, our biggest question is, my husband's a mason, and I'm disabled, and we have a three-year-old, and my husband's hardly worked in the last two and a half years because all the illegal Mexican crews in our area are stealing all his business. Well, wait, he and owned his business? Wondering wait a minute. Did Tim own his customers? Hold on a second. You said they're stealing. Uh, did he own his his customers? They're not legal citizens, and I don't have food on my table because someone who's not legal and not paying taxes is stealing my husband's job. Well, stealing presumes that your husband owned – 
You're stealing presumes that your husband owned the job in the first place. Um, if it had been you know a 17-year-old kid that okay. had gotten hired, excuse me, you, if it had you gotten... You know what the point is. Well, just one moment. If it had been a 17... people aren't here legally, and what they're was your taking jobs name, away from way. Americans. Well, I know you're Tim's wife, but I do you mean, have a name? Yeah, my name's Amy. Okay, Amy. Now, so here's my question. If it was a 17-year-old American-born person who took the job from Tim, or who was given the job instead of Tim, would you accuse the 17-year-old of stealing Tim's job? First of all, it, I'm not saying American-born. I'm saying they're illegal. So they're, I am asking you a question job. about the, the use right. of your terms it's, it's tonight. American-born or Mexican-born wouldn't bother me if they were legal. Okay, let's That's what I'm so, so then it wouldn't be stealing. Just I just want to understand doing. what you're saying, Amy. Are you saying that as long as the person is so-called legal, if they get a job instead of Tim, then it's not stealing, but it's stealing well, when somebody's so-called okay. illegal? Here's the difference. The difference is is that when they're illegal, they work off the books and the the people who own the companies that are getting these jobs are undercutting everybody else. That's the problem. So you support uh, not the, legal, so, so you they're support paying them, them under the table cash. So you you support them getting work visas and then getting uh, social security numbers and and being taxed the same way as everybody. I don't have a problem with that at all because okay. when they have yeah. work visas, they're paid the same wages that the American people are paid. So you don't believe and that they're anyone not undercutting the Americans? Then I think we agree. I think that uh, I think that there should be a progressive program for getting people work visas. They won't have the right to vote in that case or anything like that, but they can come here. They can work for their families. Um, you know, they can provide a better life. And then if they want to to pursue a path for citizenship, they'll have it. I had an opportunity to learn the language and things like that, Just and they'll work above the board. Point of America, well, point of information. I don't want to work above the board if I can avoid it. So, am I a bad person for uh, not, for taking cash under the table? When you take cash under the table, you're breaking the law because you're not paying your taxes. Oh no, they're their taxes. Uh, oh no. no, is that a bad thing? Breaking the law, not paying taxes, or breaking the law. Don't, you don't think that that's a bad thing when you don't pay taxes or you break the law? You don't think that's a bad thing? I think it's I, bad, ma'am, when people harm other people, when people do ag- aggression, commit aggression against other peaceful people. I think that's bad. But for me to avoid having my money stolen from me by a, a gang of criminals calling themselves the government, that's an act of, of, uh, of courage. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe in God and his Bible? By Please chance? define what you mean by God. Do you believe in the Christian Holy Bible? Uh, and no, that it exists. was written by God. No, I believe that there is God, but I believe that everything is uh, God. I'm a panentheist. I, I think that all that is is, uh, is okay, you know, God, if you want to use that a, term. That, this is not something that we would agree on then. Yeah. Because if you don't believe that the Bible is written by the one true God... What's that have to do with paying taxes? What, you, what, what does that have because to do with anything? The Bible, because the Bible says that we are to follow the laws that are set down by man. Well, um, you know the whoever's in charge, hmm. we elected them. Why do you think they that the Romans? The uh, why do you think the Romans laws? threw Christians into an arena with uh, with with lions and tigers? Don't you think that was for breaking the law for being Christians? I mean, that, really, like the Christianity is a protest religion against the Roman rule, the government um, the, of its time. I mean, that was really what it was all about. It was against the law to be Christian. So the idea that the that Christianity would purport uh, obeying these laws, that God instituted these laws above us, doesn't really make much sense. I mean, I well, think that God created a law, and that law that is the that the Bible actually states that you are to follow the law 
as man sets forth, because they are in charge, and we elected them in charge. Well, the, so, the Bible also says that there it, are only two laws, and that law is to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And I don't see how somebody who works for the government can be loving their neighbor for, as themselves if they choose to steal money from them. What was it that you said you were? What do you mean? Religiously? Well, I answered the question. Religious. Mark didn't answer I'm that question. I'm a Quaker, question. is what I am. It's, you're talking to two different people. Oh, I, I see. I didn't even know that. Okay. okay. Well, you, Tim's back in the car. If you want. Oh no, no, to I'm having fun with you, Amy. Time. Amy, I have another question for you. This is very interesting. Right, I have to. I have to drive right now. So oh. I can't. All right. Well, one more question for you, Amy, if you don't mind. Just one more. Do you have time for one more? Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, One more fine. question. I've... You said that you that you believe that the Bible says that uh, you have to follow all the laws set by man. Does that also include the laws that forced blacks to the back of the bus? Okay, but that's not a law anymore. Ma'am, but I'm was asking then. you at the, the time, that... would you have said that you support those laws that you should that those blacks should follow those laws at that time? If it was a law that it was something that was put down by the people that we put in office, yes. Did That's I agree a, you should be it? ashamed. No. Thank you for the call Did tonight. I agree appreciate with hearing it? from you. One eight hundred. It's the, great. You don't agree with it, but keep please keep obeying and keep enforcing these bad laws on people. It's just right. so sad. There's one verse in the Bible that says to, to you know, these these leaders are instituted by God and blah 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 blah. But you know that document. 2,000 years old. I don't know what's been inserted in it and not inserted in it. Translated. I just, yeah, I, I've got to say that, you know, I don't think God wanted, uh, would would have supported, um, you know, Rosa Parks standing up and giving her seat to somebody else. I think the good people disobey bad laws, and I think there's a lot of bad laws in this country, and the good people should disobey them. Yeah, and I think that uh, people like Martin Luther King and Gandhi have been uh, great advocates of that very point that you're making there, and that it's the your way, duty as as a, if you love freedom, that is. It's your duty to disobey bad laws and encourage it. And it's talk radio, so I can bring up the specter of Nazism. The fact is, if God created this government, it, he created the Nazi government with Hitler in charge, too. I mean, that that's that would stand to reason. So mm. therefore, it was, you know, it, you should be put to death for harboring a Jew in your house, for trying to protect life and liberty of, of God's people, I guess, if you want to call them that. I mean, I don't think they're any more their, uh, God's people than, than I am. But, you know, it's to me, to me that's a, it's a ludicrous stand. Absolutely. It's a ludicrous, uh, untenable stand. Yep. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. Stu is on the line listening to WFLA-FM in uh, Tallahassee. Hello, Stu. Good evening. Hey, Stu. What's on your Hi, mind? Hey, guys. I got to tell you, you guys are red hot tonight. And, and by the way, thanks for that great guest of yours. He is a true Republican and a very smart man. And I thank you for that interview. I must say to you, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit of a libertarian thing going on here, and, and I'm okay with that. And Is this your first I'm, time listening? No, I've been here many times, but I've got to tell you, I, I, I'm going to be a troll tonight. Okay. I'm not waiting for Billy Goats over the bridge, but I want to ask you, on the issue of marijuana, if it were legal in America, would we be seeing this violence down in Juarez and Mexico? Good question. We'll talk about it in a moment. If you want, you can hang on. We'll bring you back here in just a bit. 800-259-9231. Marijuana, violence. We'll talk about it. Uh, 800-259-9231. You can also bring up whatever you would like. It's the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. You take control. 
Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 90 talk radio stations from Maine to Hawaii. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231, live Saturday edition. You can join us on our website, by the way, freetalklive.com, the place to go. The features, they're free, and one of those features includes the webcam. You can go watch, listen, and interact because the chat room is built into the very same page. Go to cam.freetalklive.com to do that. Free, of course. That's cam.freetalklive.com. And it's free thanks to Memory Dealers. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. They're 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. They also have great prices and services on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches. In stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery. It's MemoryDealers.com. We continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Steve is, I believe, still with us. Or excuse me, Stu, not Steve, but Stu, uh, listening to WFLA-FM in Florida. Stu, are you there? Hi, buddy. All right, Stu. So you'd ask the question regarding uh, the border, uh, regarding enforcement of marijuana laws. Can you rephrase or re-ask the question for our listeners just tuning in? Well, I'm just wondering, would all these heads be cut off and would all this death and horror be happening in Mexico if we had legal marijuana laws? Would this be happening to us? Because, I mean, I know some Mexican people, and they're wonderful people. They're hardworking Christian people. I would hate for this to be happening to them if there was some way I could stop it. And the only way I know is to legalize marijuana in America. What do you think? Well, uh, clearly on this show, we're we're for the the legalization of marijuana, or at least the decriminalization of, of marijuana. Uh, we just had Governor, uh, former Governor Gary Johnson, on the show, and and he was saying that it would have a significant effect. Um, he was the you know the executive of a border state. You'd think he'd know. Um, and he said it would have a significant effect on uh, the crime that's going along along the border. But that's only a first step. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a step in the right direction. You, you decriminalize marijuana or legalize it, and you immediately cut down dramatically the amount of, uh, I guess, black market activity that's going on out there. And of course, it's the black market that leads to this violence. You don't see the Anheuser Busch distributor out there cutting off the heads of the, you know, the, the people that are distributing Captain Morgan or whatever. <laughs> you know. The the illegal alcohol business, you don't have those things happening um, like you used to, though. You used to during alcohol prohibition. You had people gunning each other down in the streets where gangs were fighting over territory. And that doesn't happen in the legal market uh, because of open competition, because the sellers are not hiding in the shadows. They're out in the open and they're advertising their wares and they're advertising their quality and their products. And uh, they they couldn't possibly get away with doing such, uh, you know, awful things to uh, to one another so yeah it would go a long way but the only way to truly eliminate what you're talking about the violence the drug gangs the killings the beheadings the only way to truly eliminate is to go all the way and have a true 
uh, freedom of uh, purchase for the for all drugs uh, to allow. And I don't. I'm not just talking about heroin and cocaine and all those uh, hard illegal drugs. I'm also talking about prescription drugs because there's also a black market in those as well because of the prescription process, which essentially is a is a way to keep those drugs out of people's hands uh, and put the put the kind of this, this level of doctors between the people and the product. So getting rid of pres- the prescription process and fully decriminalizing or legalizing all drugs is the only way to truly end the black market that creates the violence that you're talking about. Well, you know, OxyContin is the drug of choice for many people as far as pharmaceuticals go. It's true. And I totally agree because the people that live 24-7 with horrible pain, they need help. They really do. Thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. I really appreciate hearing from you. It's the only sensible solution. And you know, we were talking earlier with uh, Gary Johnson about the war on drugs, and I think somebody had called in uh, and made mention, uh, or was made somebody made mention of the people that die as a result of uh, things like overdosing. And I didn't get a chance to point out at the time that legalizing these drugs or decriminalizing Wait a second. One one thing you must understand that more people die in this country from taking the prescribed amount of prescribed medications than by taking overdosing on illegal medications. That's true. A lot more. A lot more. Ten times as many. That's about right. And But you would even reduce the amount of overdosing and problems that come from the illegal drugs by legalizing them or decriminalizing them because, again, you take it out of the black marketplace. You take it into the legal world where anybody can manufacture these things and sell them. They're being sold in a way that is easily – you can tell what your dose is. You don't go to the the CVS or the Walgreens, grab a bottle of aspirin off the shelf and uh, – Pop one in your mouth and not have any idea what it's going to do. It's a very standardized amount, you know, 325 milligrams or whatever the amount of uh, aspirin or whatever the active ingredient in the product is. It's there. It's on the bottle. They tell you what it is you're taking and how much you should take in order to get uh, certain effects. You don't get that in the black market with these drugs. So a lot of people will get their hands on, say, like a heroin addict is uh, used to buying heroin from uh, from this one dealer. The dealer ends up getting a different deal from his wholesalers and as uh, somebody accidentally passes along heroin that's maybe you know, 10 times more powerful than the last batch and the dealer doesn't know because he's not doing the, the, the heroin some of them are some of them aren't so he passes it on to his customers he doesn't realize it's at the same price this person thinks he's getting the same stuff loads up dead his, customers loads up his syringe and ends up dying of an overdose and then there's also all kinds of other reasons why people who are buying things on the black market they're not getting what they're expecting like in with ecstasy uh, you're getting things that are not MDMA the actual so-called ecstasy, you know, whatever is being called ecstasy on the street. Supposedly MDMA, that's the original product. But on the street, you may get things that aren't even related to MDMA being sold as ecstasy. And those could be stimulants, and those could, you know, create a heart attack. I mean, so there's all kinds of risks involved in the black market, and people would actually end up being safer. Legalization and decriminalization are harm reduction strategies that actually uh, make it so more people can survive these experiences. Let's continue here. Janice is listening to WRNN in Myrtle Beach. Hello, Janice. Hi. I just want to say earlier, the woman that was talking about Christianity and taxation. Yeah. Uh, at one point, Christ was asked about taxation, and he said to, that we should pay to Caesar what is Caesar's and pay to God what is God's. In other words, uh, the taxes go to Caesar, and our spiritual side should go to 
uh, the Lord and his well, prayer. One thing about that, uh, I love that you brought that up. One thing about that is there were uh, competing currencies being used at the time. Um, they, you know, they had gold and silver coins and bronze coins too. And they were, uh, they had, some of them had Caesar's picture on them and some of them would have other rulers' pictures on them. Um, and, you know, Jesus was using this as an example to point out, it, you know, like you could you could draw from that to Jesus was using an example that, hey, we're not just ruled by Caesar here. And, you know, another thing is, is I've got a dollar in my pocket and it's got a U.S. president on it, but I don't think that the U.S. president owns that dollar. I think it's mine. So if I were to render, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have to render any of that to uh, the United States government because it's not theirs. Well, I agree with that completely. I, I think what really irritates me lately is they they keep on saying, well, we're going to cut the domestic budget. Uh, excuse me, uh, I believe my tax money should go within the, the boundaries of our country, helping our people, educating our people, giving food to our people. Our people shouldn't be starving. Why are our people starving? Why are our people without health care? And we're Pretty throwing sure money. people aren't starving in America. And we're Just throwing, saying. we're throwing money at other countries. It's ridiculous. Thank you for the call. I, I generally, I generally agree that foreign aid bad idea because usually when the government sends out money, they're sending it to governments. So that even that money that is supposedly going to feed people, it's not. It's going to feed bureaucrats. It's not and even buy feeding them, them. It's just giving uh, buy them know. cars, yeah, and planes and things like that. So foreign aid really bad idea. But taxes are also a really bad idea as well in general. How about people just keep the money they earn and then spend it and give it away in the ways they think is best? You. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you'd like. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there, including our archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. They're right there at the top of the website. Last seven days archived at the top, and then you can click in to the archive section to go way back to late 2006. All of that is free for you at freetalklive.com. Thanks to HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. They've got more than 4,500 templates from which to choose. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com can host you. You'll get 99.9% uptime guarantee, a 45-day money-back guarantee, 24-7 technical support, and if you use the portal we've created, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com, you'll get your first month completely free. It's HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. We continue with your calls, your thoughts about what you want. Steve, listening in Anaheim, California, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Steve. Steve? Can you hear me? Hey, we got you. Go ahead with your thoughts. Oh, okay. Actually, I wanted to correct that. I mean, I don't know if you guys are aware of, you know, how the uh, King James Version, the original, and and the uh, and then the New King James Version differ. 
you know, where they, in the New King, King James Version, they slipped in the word government, you know, and, and taxes, where, where the original didn't, didn't read like that. You know, it's basically, you know, it talks about ministers, you know, and you pay a tribute to the ministers, you know, uh, because they are, they, you know, they're, they're God's ministers attending, like, you know, <clears throat> and then, and then in the New King James Version, you know, it, it actually, they say, uh, it says, for, for because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers, uh, attending, continuing to the very thing, rendered therefore to all their dues, taxes to whom taxes are due, you know, and, and that. So there's actually, a, you know, most people today quote the, the new King James Version. I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if I pointed that out, you know, I mean... I appreciate the call yeah. tonight, Steve. Thank you uh, at 800-259-9231. Mark, I mean, you've read some of the Bible quite a bit, actually. What do you, what do you think about that? I, I, you know, I think that I think a lot of these things are open to interpretation. Uh, the Bible itself specifically says something to the effect of uh, you need two witnesses in order to, uh, you know, corroborate a story. And often Christians will use that, that you need two verses to sort of, um, you know, make things true amongst the Bible. And Paul just says in this one place in Romans that these people are appointed above us. I don't know the differences in the uh, the translations i haven't you know i haven't spent that kind of time pouring over it because i know god doesn't support corrupt government officials i know that yeah. i mean i don't i don't need i don't need to spend a lot of time uh, verifying it in in the bible i feel that the bible has been uh, honestly i feel the bible's been corrupted throughout the years thousands of years that by uh, people in power these, yeah these scriptures have been in existence um, by the people in power but that's what religion in many ways originally was. Organized religion was a way to keep the little people in control and to brainwash them. I'm not saying that there – again, if there is a God that's separate from me uh, – and again, I believe that everything is God. So I mean, just to put my belief system in a very brief manner. But if there is a God that's separate from me, I want that God to be somebody that appreciates standing up against oppression. I want that God to be somebody that appreciates the ideas of individual liberty. Right. I mean you – know. <laughs> So uh, the, the the suggestion here is is that uh, the God then supported the Romans. Uh, this this uh, I mean he must have right. I mean this was when this stuff was being written. Paul wrote this as a Roman citizen. Um, the time that Rome was uh, at its height, um, and you know they're crucifying people along the Appian Way, just hanging people to die on on rugged crosses there along the Appian Way for God knows what, invading countries, executing people. Uh, you know their soldiers are raping women. The law. And it you know it's going it goes the other way when you lose in those. Uh, situations too but god doesn't support that let's talk to mike listening to krbt in uh, minnesota hey mike what's on your mind tonight Do we i wanted have mike? to talk about i wanted to talk about that uh lady who called in saying that that if you believe in god and read the bible you should follow the laws of the government and uh coming to think about that i thought about a saying from thomas jefferson where he talked about uh if indeed there is the if there is a god that exists that he would much rather have us, uh, what is it, question his existence than to have us blindly follow him around. Mm. And I couldn't help but to think about that when I heard her, and I kind of agree with that, that if, if, if God had put us here and, you know, you're Christian, that he'd probably be better and more Christian for you to be questioning 
what the government does than it would be to just blindly following what they do. Thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. It, religion's been used throughout the ages to get people to comply. It's uh, rarely been a revolutionary um, uh, you know, object. And when it is, it doesn't take too long before those that are in power manage to use it to cement their power. Let's talk to Brian, listening to KMED in Oregon. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello there. Oh, hello. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Here you are. Go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, I'm on the same subject about the um, about submitting to authorities. Um, <clears throat> there, there's no way that God wants us to... Um, God, well, the, the thing is that God wants his governments to judge fairly and with justice. And if you're not if you're not being judged fairly and with justice, then then there's certain things that you wouldn't have to obey. For instance, in the book of Acts, when uh, Peter and the other apostles were told not to go out and preach in the streets, they told the authorities, "We must obey God rather than men." Hmm. Um, Interesting point. But how do you know what God wants? I mean, I, I generally understand where you're coming from, but how do you know what God wants? Well, I I know because I read the Bible with with prayer and common sense and I let the Holy Spirit guide me. I'm not a religious person. I believe I'm a spiritual person. Hmm. So, um, and you're absolutely right that religion has been used for centuries to control people, even right up in, including still today. Okay, it's an honest answer. It's your intuition, then, and thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I have a difficult time if if this Judgment Day is actually going to occur, where this loving God will send, uh, you know, some good portion of his his children to an everlasting, fiery torment. That doesn't sound very loving. It doesn't make much sense to me either. But if that were to occur, and you really are standing there before God and saying, hey, you know, I... I, I'm working with the faculties you gave me in a world that you created. I've come up with the very best answer that I've got here, and you know, I, I just did, I did my best. It seems to me that he's not going to say, "Depart from me, evil doer, off to the flames of hell with you." I mean, you know, it, the idea that you teach your children in this manner is uh, weird. Weird. I mean, if I taught my son, uh, you know, not to touch uh, touch some item or another by cutting off one of his fingers with a pair of uh, uh, diagonal cutters, some dikes. You know, every time he did something wrong, I'm just going to cut one of his fingers off. I wouldn't be even stepping into the realm of the kind of sick, sadic- sadistic punishment that God would be dealing out by throwing his kids into a- an everlasting pit of fire. 1-800-259-9231. Your thoughts are welcome. Let's talk to Mark M. listening in Northern Virginia. Mark M., you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Good to talk to you again. Uh, one, one thing I wanted to mention really quick is, you know, it turns out the founding fathers were pretty smart guys, and uh, they... They figured out how to reconcile a, a government and a, a Bible, and, and what they figured out is that Romans 13, that's really what we're discussing tonight, um, says, yes, obey uh, the, the powers that be, but in this country, that power is each individual, each each one of us, mm. and, you know, and they wrote it down, and they put it in the, in the documents, so when you get somebody like Tim Pyfe uh, thinking she's being ruled over instead of understanding that she is ruler, ruler, and these people are to represent us, not 
I love where you're coming from. You got a bad cell phone connection. I appreciate hearing from you though tonight at 800-259-9231 to kind of recap what he was saying. Uh, well, the suggest- suggestion is this, and, and I've heard it many times, and I would have to agree that this was intended to be founded as a country of sovereigns. Uh, and, and sovereigns meaning kings, like yeah. each individual is a king each of their own world, their own domain. Yeah, kind of thing. and so therefore you are the highest power. It's supposed to be a government of the people, so therefore the government is supposed to be actually subservient, and God did, <laughs> would then not have instituted it over you. Right. I mean, if it's all by consent, as some would have you believe, that uh, you should be able to withdraw that consent at any time. I think and these are all mechaniz- mechanations. I really wonder about that particular verse in, in Romans and what it meant and what Paul was trying to There's say. There's more coming up. 800-259-9231. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Maybe enough time for your thoughts if you're already on hold. If not, well, try us on Monday night. Uh, Actually, you can join our co-host for the internet-only edition tomorrow night at freetalklive.com. Same time, uh, it's there at freetalklive.com, so you can check that out. Mark and I, of course, do this six nights a week, and if you've missed a moment, you can grab archives over at freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show, you can become an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, the amp-only forum, uh, the podcast, and more. Go get the details and get signed up. We would appreciate it at amp.freetalklive.com. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event's what you want to make of it. There'll certainly be some speeches and a debate, but the boat has an ice skating rink, a rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and a heck of a lot more. Ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November, but you need to reserve your berth right now. I believe there's just a few left. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. It's cruise.freetalklive.com. As we continue taking your calls, uh, do keep your thoughts as succinct as possible, as we've got a bunch of people who want to get on here toward the end of the show. Let's talk to Jason, listening in North Carolina on the Amp Lines. Hello, Jason. Hey, gentlemen. I want to talk about this idea that Jesus said that we need to obey the government, because I'm not sure I agree with that at all. As a, as a Christian. Respect. Are you a Christian? Uh, I I have a great deal of respect for the things that Jesus wrote. Gotcha. I, I don't know if that makes me a Christian or not. Fair enough. Um, but I, I'm not a biblical scholar, but I have read enough of the Bible to know one thing Jesus was very clear about. He absolutely said on many occasions that God loves all of his children, and we are all God's children. Uh, he never talked about uh, class divisions in society. He never talked about certain people being born with certain magical rights to uh, command other people. Now, if we're all God's children, then I don't really see how a certain class of people manage to acquire this fascinating authority to command other people. I know that Jesus said on many occasions that God gave us free will. In fact, in the story of the creation of Adam and Eve, the only difference between Adam and the animals that were made before him was that God gave Adam free will and then also gave it when he made Eve. Other than that, you know, it's the same thing. We're just animals, except that we think we make decisions. That was God's gift to man. Jesus was very clear about that. He obviously never intended for there to be certain people to try to suppress the will of other people. And furthermore, I believe a gentleman mentioned recently that uh, something about religion has not generally been a revolutionary concept. It's been used to keep people in line. That may be true overall, but there are some very clear aberrations. For example, 
there was a priest in the 1300s in England named John Ball, uh, who was actually part of a peasants' revolt that established near anarchy in, in several parts of England for an extended period of time. And uh, he had this very fascinating speech that he delivered during a pseudo-revolution that he led. I'm just going to read you a real short paragraph from it. It goes like this. When Adam delved and Eve span, who was then the gentleman? From the beginning, all men by nature were created alike, and our bondage or servitude came in by the unjust oppression of naughty men. For if God would have any bondmen from the beginning, he would have appointed who should be bond and who free. And therefore I exhort you to consider that now the time has come, appointed to us by God, in which ye may, if ye will, cast off the yoke of bondage and recover liberty. Now, this was a priest in the 1300s. Great stuff. You know, it's a shame that those guys are the exception uh, rather than the rule. And I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. At, uh, as we continue here taking your phone calls, uh, Paul listening in Medford to KMed, uh, Medford, Oregon, that is. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Paul. Paul in Medford? Your, uh, your idea of uh, the burning uh, fire and brimstone and hell and for all eternity burning. And, and you know, I, I believe that's more of a... Uh, how you like when you've done something wrong and you know you've done something wrong and you really feel bad about it, that burning that you get in your stomach yeah, and that the, the conscious and, and that's, I mean, I don't think it's a literal fire that you're going to, you, well, you, you must not be a Christian then, right? <laughs> right? You know, people are going to, people are going to question your Christianity. If you, uh, are if you, you say a Christian like that? Cause that's, cause oh, I absolutely. agree with you. I'm sorry. Absolutely, absolutely. It's oh, very and, unusual, and though. I mean, would you say, Mark, that that's not I don't unusual? Know if it's very unusual. I think that there's a, there's a, there's a lot of uh, disagreement in the subject inside of uh, you know believers. I think that I'm not a Christian, but I, I grew up one. Um, I, I think that the hell that you create for yourself. I mean, if there is a hell, it's it's all by your creation and by your actions here right now. That's that's going to be a lot of it, I believe. But I think it, you know, knowing what you could have had at that point and knowing that you're not there. That's going to be the hell that we're going to be going through, and then that will cause you to burn and, and just have a horrible feeling. But, Thanks for uh, the call, Paul. I appreciate yeah. hearing from you. Let's get Van in here from uh, listening to WVNA in Alabama. Hello, Van. Greetings. We're glad you're back on the air. WVNA 1590 lost their uh, tower to, to money dispute for several months. Yes, sir. You boys. It's good to be they back let- on in uh, in Florence. Go ahead with your thoughts, Van. Okay, uh, this idea of hell is not in the Old Testament. Uh, it was uh, created about 200 B.C. by the Jewish high priest to punish uh, Jews that started intermarrying with Gentiles, mm. and that was going to be their punishment. And then by the time Jesus comes along, 200 years later, 230 it had involved into an eternal punishment, fire, brimstone, worm, death, not, etc. It's a lot easier to get money out of people uh, for the church uh, coffers if you can scare them to death, right, with this whole hell story. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Van. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I mean, you got to hand it to them, Mark. It's I a brilliant say, it is the biggest, mechanism. It's the, it's the single uh, biggest selling point of uh, the the religion. I mean, there are many denominations that don't believe in a uh, in an eternal hell. Um, I'd have to say that I fall into that category. I don't believe in it, but I still have the idea stuck oh, in my mind. It is still something that uh, that bugs me, even though I'm not even... It I, tortures me. I'll, I'll spend time uh, you know, in the shower thinking about how I'm going to argue before God about this 
this, that, or the other thing. I mean, it's nuts. Let's continue and talk to uh, David listening to our very own uh, Keen's WKBK in New Hampshire. Hello, David. Gentlemen, um, I'm a religious, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, oh, hell. Do you, I'm going to say this to Mark because he sounds like he read a lot about Jesus and everything. Um, do you think hell, they invented hell because, like, somebody saw, like, lava coming out of the earth and they thought, oh, it's all fire down there because of the lava, and then it's possible. Stands to reason. Think of hell. You know, the Greeks were very instrumental in that uh, in that area of the of the world at the time. They they believed in a, Isn't in that a, where Mount Vesuvius is. Uh, they they believed in a physical Hades below the ground. They believed that you could get there if you somehow you know followed some paths and you know some cliffs someplace uh, that you could get to Hades and and that's you know that so, is where Mount Vesuvius is right I in Greece. So. I, mean, I don't know. Thanks for the call tonight, David. I appreciate hearing from you, sir. Uh, let's continue and talk to Paul listening in Oregon. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. I think it was in Pompeii. Hello, Paul. Paul, in Oregon, going once. Paul, hey, you're on the air. Go ahead with your thoughts. All right. Um, Well, all this Christian Christian talk is great. I I mean, I I had something else to say, but I do want to say that I believe it to be a Christian, and I'm not sure I am, but I believe a Christian is to be Christ-like, and that's a really tough thing to to tow, and I don't think very many Christians are Christ-like. I agree. If you think about the way Jesus was, you know, I mean, we're we're really not Christ-like at all. Absolutely right. Lots I mean, of I, so-called Christians support things like war, and uh, that would seem to be something like Christ would not ever be in support of. And I thank you for the call tonight. You're right, Marco. Mount Vesuvius is not in Greece, but there are several uh, volcanoes in Greece. There's Pompeii. one more point I would like. You'll have to do it quick. One more thing quick, I'd quick. Like to say, could I say it? Yeah, quick, quick. It was, it was what I originally called for. Is what do you guys think about every time these Wall Street guys are scared woo, that they get to make a bunch of money? Ooh, they're scared. I don't. When I'm scared, I don't get to make a bunch of money. Well, I'm not sure what you're referring to. Well, you know, the oil and stuff. Oh, they're scared. This is going to happen. They're scared. They, they they ignore good news and and then they take in bad news and they get to make a bunch of money for it. And I and I'll think I'll I'll, I'll leave it at that. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. Mark, any thoughts on that? Because I don't know anything about Wall Street. Uh, you know, he's he's right that the oil prices are being driven up by speculation. That uh, you know, but you know, I, I don't I don't really have anything else to say about it. Let's talk to Anthony listening in Eureka, California, to KGOE. Hello, Anthony. Mark, you're doing a great well, work of art, exposing the corporate uh, theocrats and plutocrats as usual. Thank you, Anthony. Quickly with your thoughts, go. Well, I got two for you. I want to Pick tell one. you what I think our, our goal is relative to these revolutions that are going on in the world, and I'll tell you what I think our assignment should be relative to them. Our goal is to uh, turn around this Robin, reversal of Robin Hood, whereby the, uh, the criminal uh, 0.01% uh, filth money from the working middle class and I don't think anybody should have money stolen from them, whatever their so-called class is, and I wish we had more time, but thank you, Anthony, and uh, thanks to Bradley who called, but unfortunately we ran out of time. Bradley, give us a call on Monday night. Uh, anybody else that didn't get in, call us Monday night. We're on uh, from 7 to 10 Eastern Time. You can find us in your local radio station, maybe, or certainly online at freetalklive.com. Have a great weekend. 
MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. 